0: He's the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but my me. I didn't say it. Nobody in the panel said it. Jesus said it. He went on that cross to die for the sins of mankind, whoever would believe in him. Okay? If you can get to heaven some way other than Jesus Christ, he wasted his time. And if he isn't the only way after he said he's the only way, he lied, which meant he sinned. he can't even pay for his own sins, much less ours. So the bottom line is to be a Christian means to give the great news, the beautiful news that Jesus and Jesus alone saves and that he did this for us. And it's a free gift. It's a free gift. And that's what we're here to do. That's what that Great Commission is about, to tell people about him.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I am your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobileyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobileyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host, and tonight we have a really special show. I'm not even going to preface it with any of the normal political uh, stuff that I preface shows with, but... We've got some awesome guests for you tonight. The very first episode, the very first interview of The Joe Mobley Show, back when it was just an audio podcast, and Gamala is joining us. Uh, we've got friend of the show, and I just realized, I'll, I'll say when he gets on screen, uh, but I just realized uh, something uh, about this guy and his episodes, uh, but we've got another podcast host, Mr. Demas Christophy who is the host of Immigrant Corner, you can check it out on YouTube, links in the description below, and the one and only Gary Benford, not of Benford Tools, but of United Patriots Uprising and we're going to have them on in just a second. My mouse literally disappeared. So a second is going to turn into a couple of seconds. There we go. Gary, Ann, and Demis, how are you all doing tonight? Doing Good, very well,
2: Joe. Great.
1: Thanks, thanks for having you. me. Awesome. Uh, so Demis, I realized the other day we recorded our first episode together as a batch recording for when I'm on paternity leave. Yeah. So we've just been kicking it on the stream, and I'm like, I've never introduced this guy <laughs> at all. Um, and now I feel like, oh, such a failure. Because, I mean, I'm just going to release that episode sooner than later so people can hear it. Um, <laughs> but, but everyone, let's do a round robin. They know who I am. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. We'll start with you, Demis.
3: Hey guys, uh, I'm Demis Christopher. I'm a host of uh, discussion with Demis and Immigrants Corner. Um, I do have two channels that I started up. Um, uh, I have a friend of mine that I do the Immigrants Corner with. We talk about uh, current events, uh, smash it up with like historic events, uh, things that happen in the Middle East, in uh, in in further east in uh, Asian country, and like compared to what's going on in, in here and. Uh, Basically, talk about our experiences as immigrants living in this great country.
1: And we're going to kick it to you.
2: Sounds good. Hi, I'm Anne Gumala. Um, I am a friend of Joe's. i known him for quite a few years now. And um, I work currently at a large Fortune 500 company and um, contracts and um, currently reside in California.
1: All right,
0: Gary, the man.
1: How are you, sir? Tell us <laughs> Hello, about yourself. Hello,
0: everybody. I, I'm My name is Gary Benford. I'm the host of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. It's a podcast that airs twice a month on Tuesdays. And it started out a year ago as a live broadcast with high profile guests and it's changed now. It's on um, all kind of major distribution networks as far as where you can get it now. So it's the same format. It's a high-profile, conservative-based talk show. I uh, bring on guests to that you would recognize to talk about current issues today. But for first and foremost, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So everything I do is for God, family, country, and Constitution, to the glory of God. And it, it plays out in the show. In other words, the, the point of view... We'll be coming from a a Christian conservative point of view, although it's a political talk show and we deal with all the major issues. We will deal with critical race theory. We deal with the election uh, election fraud. We deal with the border. We deal with uh, conservatives, Hollywood, uh, everything that's going on with the women's issues. We'll cover everything.
1: Awesome. Well, Gary hit the nail on the head. All of us, the reason that we're coming together in this panel, and and we may get Brad Hill. I'll introduce him if he gets in. He's he's having some trouble with the links. Uh, But more than conservatism, more than uh, our love of country and our constitution, uh, the thing that brings us together is we're believers. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in God, the creator, and, and the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And this is where we're going to hurt some people's feelings, y'all. We believe that being a believer comes with some responsibilities, uh, living in the culture, not of the culture, being in the world, not of the world. But that still means that we're here and we're here for a purpose. But I'm not going to speak on everyone's behalf. We're just going to throw it out there with some questions as Brad tries to get in. Um, and, you know, I, I got... and can I show this picture?
2: Yes, please do.
1: <laughs> so, Anne, and I mean, I haven't showed. This is little baby, little baby James. Oh, come on, focus there. And this is little baby James with with Anne.
2: <laughs> Many years ago.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just I, I can't believe this much time has gone by. We haven't seen each other in person for several years now, uh, since you decided to become a crazy California conservative. Um, but it's anyway, what you
2: do for love.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, really I know. How old are you?
2: I'm in Southern California in Orange County, so oh, okay. um, yeah. I work in Orange County. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. A little awesome. less crazy than uh, L.A. County.
3: Yeah, I, I grew up in L.A. County, so. Oh,
2: okay. You first-hand knowledge. <laughs> yep.
3: <Yeah.
1: laughs> so we'll start with Ann. You'll you'll be the first. And, and this is, guys, you've been on the show before. Gary, you have not, but we've spoken a few times. This is much less an interview than just... A conversation. We're just going to hang out for an hour. Uh, if you've got questions in the chat, give them to us, and we'll answer them towards the end. But otherwise, we're just going to hang out and have a good time. Uh, so, Ann, we'll start with you. What What do you think's going up, or what do you think is going on with the church in America? Um, are Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing, either as a body or even as individual mm-hmm. believers?
2: It's a It's a great question, and I've been, you know, considering it a little bit more. Even for myself, I know that. Um, I would say that we as a as a body are kind of it, it depends on the pockets. I feel like there's pockets of the church where you can see that boldness, but then there's pockets of it where it's very more uh i guess lukewarm for lack of a better term um I know that it also uh, well.
1: And I think we're losing you.
2: Oh boy. I'm born and raised there, my whole then to move to California, which is obviously a very it's like moving to another country. Hey Anne, can lugar. you
1: oh. can you repeat that last part? We lost you for just a second.
2: So sorry. Um just saying I was I'm from Oklahoma. And so having that that background and that that viewpoint from the middle of the US and then moving to a coast, which has such a different perspective. Um, I think seeing how the church functions and how it operates in each of the individual states has been interesting too. Um, but I, I do think that there's, and I'm even guilty of it, of just, of of being much more um, passive for fear of shaking up stuff as opposed to um, speaking the truth, you know, um, and definitely needing to grow in that and build in that more.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly creates some awkward encounters. Um, all right. Speaking of awkward encounters, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, he has oh. made it. So we're, we're going to introduce one more to you all. We've got Mr. Brad Hill. He's a pastor. He's a small businessman. I don't mean that he's a small statured man that works in business. He owns a small business and he is a man, of course. Uh, Brad you know, I've known Brad just as long as I've known Anne. We, we all uh, were part of the same church family out in Lawton, Oklahoma. And just to bring it back, because Brad missed it, Brad, this is like throwback Anne with baby James, uh, <laughs> circa 2015, oh, before wow. he was even one years old. Um, but Brad, tell us about yourself, and then and we can toss you in the fire. You can be the next to answer uh, that first question.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, gosh, first of all, uh, my apologies for, uh, for, uh, not understanding time zones, I guess, uh, as it doesn't bode well for having much to offer, but, uh, no, I, I, um, uh, gosh, I born here in Oklahoma. Um, uh, of course, being in Oklahoma, uh, needless to say, we're a relatively, uh, uh, conservative state in just about every, every sense of the word is, uh, as you can probably guess. But, uh, but yeah, I, I own a small business, an uh, insurance agency here in Oklahoma that's been operating for a few decades. And, uh, and then I pastor part-time, um, as well at the, uh, former, at Joe's former church. And, um, yeah, just glad to be here, man. Glad to, glad to be, uh, uh part of the discussion. And
1: on that note, because um, we had talked about this probably a year ago, um, but everyone's here speaking as themselves, not on behalf of their church or their company. Um, we're not passing judgment on. I, I When COVID first started, uh, the pastors that I know and love and have worked with, I said the same thing to all of them. I am glad it's you and not me uh, with my butt in the hot seat. Uh, so I'll just <laughs> say that. Um <laughs> I'll say I said that to Brad actually. Just hey man, <laughs> I'm I left at just the right time. <laughs> like holy smokes. Um did. But what, what we're talking about now and it's just open discussion is uh what do we feel that the responsibilities of the believer is either the individual believer or the church as a whole, uh, are are we living up to those things? Um how how are we doing? Uh yeah, Brad. We'll just
4: throw you in. Oh wow. Okay. So so every, so everyone else answered this question so far, but me. Okay. Now you're number um, two. Wow. Oh, I'm number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, what a huge question. Um. Uh, I, I think we could be on here for quite a while. I, I mean, there there's such a um attention that exists nowadays in in um, in living our Christianity in a public way. Um speaking up for the things we feel we need to speak up for, preserving, you know, legacy in a sense, um, not just within our, our, our church community and culture, uh, but also a responsibility beyond that as, as believers, even, um, uh, even in the sense that the government we're a part of, the country we live in, the uh, the blessings we've been given and opportunities we've been given there. And so, um, I will tell you that I'm, I'm anxious to hear what, what, you know, my colleagues here have to, to say about a lot of this tonight, because I, I confess this has been a um, a challenge and, and a struggle for me trying to walk through and figure out um, what exactly uh, a, a true follower of Jesus should look like during this time. And um, that in the midst of 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 being concerned about some of the conflation I've seen between uh, nationalism and Christianity, which i I do really struggle with and have a hard time with, I, I don't think those two things mix. Um, and so yeah, uh, I I not to answer a question with a question, but uh, I will just say I, I think it's probably the biggest challenge facing believers right now.
1: yeah. Demis, I can feel you chomping at the bit, brother.
3: What do, what do you got? <laughs> uh, uh, my honest opinion is, I think uh, the pandemic brought out the true images of human beings um, as how selfish we are as individuals. Realistically speaking, no matter if you are a believer or not, it doesn't matter. It's, as human beings, we all so selfish for our own needs from to start with, and. This pandemic shows it, and it's still shown. And a year and a half later, after all the stuff that came out, everybody—it's in their own, uh, their own way—they're showing how selfish they're about their own needs and and not anybody else's. And the the message that they put out—it's—it's it's more of a facade than it is the truth. And um, I see it in myself, to be honest with you. Um, but we have to go back and realize, like. For me, uh, I, I'm a Christian. I was born in an, a Muslim country, but grew up as a Catholic. And as a Catholic, you are required to help others. And I try to do that as much as I can. And no, ma- regardless of the pandemic being around, I, that did not stop me. If anybody asked for help, I was always there for them. and And that's what human nature needs to be. Uh, doing to themselves or teaching themselves like, hey, even though there's such thing going on, there's a pandemic going on or whatever is going on or pandemic, whatever you want to call it at this point, it's, it's just people have to realize that just by outing somebody else because of your selfish needs, it's not the right way of moving forward because now we can see how separated everybody is. Now long-term friendship has, has gone down the drain because you know one thing's oh, I should get the shot. The other one is like, no, you should not get the shot. Oh, I, I got the shot. Oh, I just dropped my mic. <laughs> um, so uh I I believe that we need to revisit the whole concept of being a believer, and that goes for everybody, not just me. That the message that we put out to these people, to individuals who actually believe. In, in God, in Jesus, that, look, we all human, we all flaws, we all have flaws, we are sinners to begin with, but how can we help our neighbor, our friend, our brothers, our sisters, or whoever that they need help no matter what's going on currently? That's how we have to show our our, our followers or our people that, hey, no matter what's going on, you'll always have a friend, you always have a brother, you always have a colleague that, that you can rely on, and that's the actual message that we need to put out. and that that's the whole purity of a, of a human is you know how no matter how we are, we will always tend to help somebody else because as pure as we get, as more we start to believe, we start to help others at the same time. And I think the pandemic brought that out in a large number because now you see a lot of unity, even though we see division. So that's my uh, two cents about it.
1: <laughs> Don't mind me playing with the blocks. Interesting. <laughs> I, I didn't know that I could do this, so I'm just having too much fun. Gary, yeah, can I just say that I'm jealous of your backdrop? Like, I, I do what I can back here, but come on, man. That's the greatest. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts, Gary? Can I go deep, Joe? You can go as deep as you, we got. What do I we got? Like forty be, minutes left.
0: you. you know, well, it doesn't have to be long. It just that you <laughs> that, know. You know me. You know where. That, you know. You know what I'm about. Uh, there's two words I think we have to qualify to really answer this question. The first word is what is a believer. The second is what is a church. Uh, there's a story that a lot of you have heard. A lot of pastors have told this story over the years in Russia there was a small church of about 50 people. And one day, a bunch of soldiers broke in with guns and interrupted the uh, service. And they said, if you don't leave this sanctuary within one minute and get out of here, proclaiming the name of this Jesus, we're going to kill you. And about 65 or 70% of everybody ran out of the church. There's only about 20, 15 left. The soldiers gave them one last chance. They said, this is it. We're not playing around. We have our orders. We're going to shoot you if you do not denounce this Jesus and leave. And they didn't leave. The soldiers put their guns down, locked the door and said, we needed to find out who the true believers are. Because we can't have anybody turning us in because they're phony believers. So we needed to have know who the real believers are. Now let's have church. We have to qualify when you say believer, what is a believer? And we have to qualify what a church is. The church is not a building, the church is the body of Christ, and it's not a bunch of people, it's each individual person who is born again, saved the right way through through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, repented for your sins, born again, have the Holy Spirit and are living in the spirit where Jesus is on the inside and can lead and guide you and you do the best you can to take your life in his direction. In other words, pick up your cross, my cross daily and follow him. That's what a real believer is. A real believer is a person that's born again. There are a lot of people in churches who are Christian but they're not born again. And the reason I bring this up when a pandemic hits or when something happened like that happened in that church in Russia, the sift is on. In other words, God will always show who his true people are because you'll be able to withstand the evil day. Now, when you go back to communism and the goals of communism, and there was a, a FBI agent, W. Cleon Scouson, that wrote a book back in 1958 mm-hmm. talking about how the communists were gonna try and take over the United States. Number 27 was infiltrate the churches, replace reveal religion, meaning the religion of Jesus, pick up your cross and follow me, for social religion and discredit the Bible. The communists have had 75 years at infiltrating the evangelical church, putting their Marxist pastors in there, getting them into the seminaries, Where right now, a lot of these churches that you have are teaching a social justice. They're teaching everything but the truth of the gospel, okay? So the key is, if you are a true believer of Christ, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into God's righteousness, into God's truth, and you'll make the right decisions. And if you don't, you're covered by the blood of Christ. So there's some people that may take the shot. There's some people that may not but if you truly have the Holy Spirit, you can come to your father, you can come to God, and he will lead, you. not only on that, but down this, this path, because truly the path is narrow, uh, and a lot of churches have gone, and believers, so-called believers, have gone the way of the world, and this is why we're in the, in the, in the situation we're in, because we were called to, for the Great Commission, we were called to make disciples of, for Jesus Christ, and also to be salt and light. Because if we're not salt and light, there's nobody else left. But you can look around. It's us or nothing. Oh,
1: my mouse froze again. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. It there's a question in the chat that's kind of along um kind of along those lines. One, you nailed it, defining the terms is such an important part of the process. And if we can mix metaphors here, because in some ways we're fighting a war, in other ways we're not. Of course, there is that spiritual war that's always raging around us. Um, you know, Sun Tzu said, never let the enemy tell you how well you're doing, what your state, you know, what your status is. Uh, and I think apart, part, and I can only speak on the American church because I'm a Christian and I live in America, um, and I don't really have a global experience, but... Um, but I think a lot of times we let culture, we let the government, we let the Church of Satan at sometimes kind of define terms for us or tell us what's acceptable or tell us um, how how things are going to go. Which is one, that's, that's why I made this shirt. That's why I wear this shirt. And sometimes it takes people a minute to get it, but it's one of those, you know... I'm old enough to remember when the color for homosexuality was purple and then it had changed to like this three stripe black thing for whatever. Uh, but then it became the rainbow. Boom. Like overnight. At the time, I'm not a Christian. I could care less. I'm seeing the rainbow around. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but I get saved once I read through Genesis and I heard all this stuff and learned of the promise. And then I'm like, oh, OK, so this is his, not theirs. Uh, and from that moment on, maybe it's the type of person that I am. I'm not in people's faces with it. Uh, but, you know, the rainbow means to you whatever it means. The rainbow means to me a sign of God's promise, Genesis 9. Uh, and fast forward to today, I wear it on my shirt, and, and some people, kid you not, are just offended. You can't do that. Of course I can. Of course I can. What are you, you going to do? Um so I'm interested, I'm interested to hear um, your guys' take. And I'm not sure if we'll get Ann back. She had texted um, that she's having some issues with her Wi-Fi. Uh, but I'm curious what your guys' take is on, you know, and how we are allowing or if we're allowing uh, culture at large to kind of define things for us, to kind of define the limits. We like to say we can't put God in a box, um, and if, if his spirit lives in us, then, you know, it, it may be just as inappropriate to try and put a, a believer in the impact that the church or the individual believer can have in a box. Uh, curious, your thoughts? Anyone? Just fire off.
0: Well, I, I would say our role as believers, again, is to be salt and light. We're supposed to be change agents for the world. We are supposed to change the culture. We, the culture isn't supposed to change us. People are supposed to look at us as followers of Jesus Christ, see how we live for Jesus Christ, and say, I want that. Okay? The, the problem that has happened is over the course of the last 70-some years that the church, and I'm using now a, a, a body of believers a lot of people within the body of Christ have caught the culture of the world. Some dress like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, have become a big part of the world to the extent that non-believers who need to be saved, who need to hear the message, you know, that, you know, you have to to accept Christ. If you don't accept Christ, you know, you're already condemned. You're going to hell. They need to hear this message. And, And so many people... It within the body of Christ have caught the flavor of the world. And again, a lot of it goes back to the Marxism and the false prophets that were even back in the days of John the Baptist and back in the days of Paul and Peter and Barnabas and everybody else, and caught the flavor of the world. And instead of allowing our message to, for God to take our message into their heart once we tell them we've caught the flavor of the world and a lot of people cannot tell the difference between a non-believer and a believer because we no longer stand out as salt and light. And I'm not saying everybody, there are quite a few people that do this, but this is the churches that somebody else had said previously, has kind of gone back into the background and gotten silent. And wherever we back up, darkness pursues. And we're it, we're we're the only light left. We're it because the the light extinguishes if we go. So, you know, it's contingent on us to get this done and continue to be ambassadors for Christ and that's that's the only way we can save you know get the, get this country back or even have a country you would want to live into because as you know first thing communists have to do is get rid of the church because they want the state to be daddy they want the state to be god
1: Brad you got you got some thoughts man i see the wheels turning <laughs>
4: Man no um yeah i i i certainly uh, I agree with uh with gary on that i am i think what i struggle with personally is um um i'm kind of an everyday methodology guy um and that's maybe because i find it really easy to get caught up in in um in a bigger picture you know i i i love i love theology i love talking about you know uh, things that we can, you know, uh, nicely argue about and, and, and all of that. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, how does my next door neighbor, how does the person across the counter from me in the grocery store, uh, how does the person to drive through, how do my clients, um, you know, how do they perceive Christ in me? And, and man, that's, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but, but that is, the challenge for me, because in, in, unless I'm actively able to engage that and live that out regularly, um, even from a pastoral sense, it becomes really difficult for me to tell um, tell others how to do it. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of, of general speaking in the sense of we need to do this, we need to be this, um, we should represent this to the world. But I think people are highly confused on, on what that actually looks like, how that looks. And, and it becomes, I think, super foundational. I'm, i mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm shocked at how biblically illiterate, um, uh, most of, of my congregation is. And, and I don't mean that in a, um, man, I, I love them. They love the Lord. And, and, but there's, there's a lot of young people, a lot of young families. And, um, you know, there was a time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 59. Uh, um, I remember growing up, it used to be, you didn't have to convince people that they should serve God or should acknowledge God. Um, it was just, it, 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 that was not the question. Uh, it was just more of a surrender question. It was more of a, a question of, of them being willing to set aside their selfishness and surrender, uh, to, to the rightful, you know, Lord of their life. Well now, um, man, it is so convoluted. Uh, now it's, uh, how do I get someone just to uh, embrace the actual view of the God of the Bible uh, and what that means? And so if, if we were on a scale of 1 to 10 and, and you know, everybody used to start, you know, 25, 30 years ago at a 6, 7, or 8, now everybody, you know, is starting at a 1 or 2. And and so um, I, I'm, I, I have to kind of um, – you know what? What exactly does it look like for for me to become Jesus to these people? Um, is it is is it gonna even be? Uh, do I lose? And here's the question I have, and, and you guys can help me with this because I confess I, I I struggle with this. Do I lose the right to be heard for Christ uh, because I speak too loud in a political venue? You know? Uh, do do I become so? Uh, political about something that they no longer, you know, they, they label me, they set me aside, and um, uh, you know, I, I could have taken them a meal when their family member was sick, and just sat with them, and maybe eventually shared Christ with them. Um, but now I'm just the guy that that um, that they disagree with politically, and and if I do that, have I somehow or another usurped Christ and my real goal on earth? for the sake of, of something that really isn't eternal. And, and, um and those are things I struggle with. Those are things that I think we have to answer is, is, you know, I, I think um, Dennis posed a, a wonderful question. What, what really is a Christian? And, and um I think we have to answer that.
0: Um, can yeah. I address, can I address Brad? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brad, uh, what I would suggest is like what Jesus did Jesus met everybody at their point of need. He talked to children one way. He talked to the Pharisees another. He talked to the woman at a well a different way. He talked to Nicodemus a different way. He understood through the Holy Spirit, or obviously he's God, but he understood that each person has a specific need. So my suggestion, I taught Sunday school ages 7 through 12. I I would Tell speak to them differently than I would somebody that was in college or somebody that I work with, or the atheist and that you know you play ball with, or somebody in your family who uh is in, is in a church, uh, filled you know, where, where they're on where their false prophet. They, it, it, there's no one cookie cutter thing, but the only thing we're t- supposed to do is just give them the truth with love, in love, give them the truth because that's we, the hard part. <laughs> We we're seed
3: planners. We're not
0: responsible
3: <laughs> for the outcome. And uh, one yeah. one thing to add, Brad, um, church was a lot more simpler twenty years ago when people attended church. That's true. They attended the sermon, <laughs> the, the 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 priest, the preacher, they were they were less involved in politics. They're more involved in, you know, providing a message to somebody else. And uh, my honest truth opinion is that you should not look yourself uh, uh, address yourself or look at yourself as you being the Jesus you are the messenger you're the one that who're deciphering or trying to explain what the bible is trying to tell somebody else and um and fast forward to now you have a lot more atheists roaming around than you have christians attending church or you have muslims attending mosque and this is not just christianity this is all faiths across the board if you look around the world you have now you have a lot of people who are just uh, affiliated with a religion by name and they're not practicing and that's only because the how the how the humans have evolved and how these institutions have evolved and how they are uh attaching themselves to some sort of higher power that they're not even following up with it so i could sit here and say I'm the best guy, I'm this, I'm this, but I don't walk the same path. I just talk the path. So a lot of people are are, are detaching themselves and they're trying to find themselves as individuals versus being attached to an entity. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people have found their faith again or converted to a faith. So we can't, uh, we can't make everybody Christian. that's just not going to happen. It, it, this is not the world that was created to make everybody a single religion. It just doesn't function. Uh, we always will have different religions, we'll always have conflicts between religions, we'll always have conflict between church and church, individual against individual. Uh, a job of somebody who wants to show that they are of the faith is basically sh- walk the path that you are speaking of. So if if I'm going to say, hey, I'm, an, I'm a Christian and my beliefs are this, and somebody opposes my beliefs, I could sit there and discuss it and have a disagreement with that individual, even though I want that person to believe what I believe. But I cannot force that person to believe what I believe. I need to make him see it. How I make it see it is based on my actions. My actions should speak to that person. Basically, show them kindness, show him love, show them help when they need, they need help. Show him compassion. Show them, show him everything that's been written in the book, as being uh, as as a true Christian. Basically, you need to show love. You need to show compassion. You need to. Uh, even though if that person hates your guts, you'll always be there if they need your help. does not matter you know how badly they they don't like you. And unfortunately nowadays with, the, with a lot of these churches they are taking the side of politics versus the side of the, the their own people and they' they're kind of uh, uh, when they're doing their sermons, they're taking a the political side even though they're trying not to but it's it's so attractive for them that they're gonna do it anyways. And that kind of pushes people out of church because they don't want to go into church and listen to politics. They don't want to go into church and hear... No, I... Hear, hear the pastor or hear the priest talk about uh, Joe Biden this or Trump this or Bush this or Obama that and, and you know, the life we live in, that everybody's a sinner and, like, you know, like, you can't be that aggressive. You know what I mean? Unless you're trying to indoctrinate people, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, you don't want to brainwash people into something... That you know, you hope for them to believe in. You want them to actually be believing it in their heart. That when they come in there, they're in there from the goodness of their own heart, in the the purity of their heart. They want to come in as a pure individual or come out as a pure individual, not somebody who's like, you know, what he says is very, very right, and you know, and and I feel so, so bad. And no, like they, they, it takes time for somebody to change their mentality and ideology to from one thing to another. It takes a long time actually. It, it, this is not a weekend uh getaway at the church. This is mm-hmm. a year or two for somebody to actually be able to de- to to be able to change themselves into something that they start seeing versus okay today I'm just gonna you know change my religion and you know try you know be a Jew for a week see what happens or be a Muslim for like a month <laughs> it just doesn't work that way <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. no. and, and it's not me beating on on on, on the pastors or, or 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 preachers or or priests it's it's the reality of it you can't once you lose touch with the reality of what's happening in, in the society our society is right now it's crazy broken and it's it's all the you know when you have all these access to internet laptops, tablets, and you, know, you have quick access to the net, you completely forget i'm I'm one of them. I trust me like i if you see my house you're going to go crazy of how much other charges I have in my house so but mm-hmm. at the same time I, I I hold my values and I try to teach my kids the same thing so that's that's how it starts. It starts from home, it starts from home it starts from where where you start and as Brad, as you said like You know, in the old days, the priests, the preachers used to go visit the sick because the sick who are probably on their deathbed need that spiritual uh, assistant to ease themselves as they're passing. So when when my grandma was passing, our priest came to the house almost uh, two or three times a week just to sit with her for like 30 minutes. She wanted to confess that she was scared of dying. She was. She wanted to confess that she, she thinks she didn't good enough in life. And, you know, she just wanted that, you know, get that out of her chest. So that, that mm-hmm. process has stopped in a lot of ways. A lot of priests, a lot of preachers are not doing that anymore. And, you know, that, you know, like somebody sends me a text, sends you a text, but hey, I wish you well. I mean, <laughs> it's as empty as it could be. Versus you picking up the phone yeah. and calling that person. Hey, I just heard you hurt uh, you just broke your leg. How are you? Do you need anything? Can I bring you some food? That by itself shows compassion. And for that person who could be a non-believer and you know it looks like you he, okay, he's a Christian. He just called me, you know, without anything wanting from me, he just called me to see how I'm doing. And if I could, if he can help me with any way. So now he puts his trust in me saying that this guy actually cares regardless and of we don't have the same religions.
2: It's a great point, Demis, because I wanted to jump in on that is we were talking a little bit about the political with the action, but like, I tend to be, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't have a podcast or anything. <laughs> like I'm not as involved heavily in the political scheme or world right now, but it's interesting how when you can have both messages, if you are, people will tend to, even if they do disagree with you, they may still be more open to it. If they see in your life, um, the actions that do reflect your belief system. Um, I think that something I've found um, having been born and raised in Oklahoma, it's very common for people to say, you know, if you're going through an issue, you could be in your workplace and not know a single person, but like more than likely someone in your workplace is a Christian or is that goes to church or they believe in God or something. So you hear about it a lot more. Someone may say, Oh, well, let's pray about it or something. And that's very, it's not as weird of a thing. Um, at least where I, the circles I kind of hung out with, but it's interesting how being in California now, um, just translating that over there and just literally doing the same thing. And now that I've been there for almost four years, people start to see the genuineness that comes out of it. So then that way we can have, they know now, and as a believer and, or, and as this person who is going to help me if I need something, or she's going to talk to, just listen to me or whatever. But we blatantly disagree on a lot of stuff and they are people from different religions that, you know, we believe different things on that. But, um, It's interesting that you mentioned that of just it's the compassion and that action that um, really causes people to see something a little bit different. And um, one other thing I was going to say is I feel like a large part of um, what we're seeing, or at least the interactions that I've had, is I feel like there's a lot of people, especially I feel like younger generations, who've just genuinely, not even younger generations actually now, they don't think about it. We're so easily distracted as a country right now and as a culture worldwide. I mean, everyone's on their phones. There's so much media like just to sit and look out of a window anymore, like is so people don't ponder. They don't sit with their thoughts. They because I'm guilty of it, too, where you're like, all right, I'm going to turn on another show. I'm going to call this person or text this person or browse this website. And before you know it, I've spent two weeks and I haven't been alone in silence for more than 10 minutes And I feel like there's a fear of being alone with your own thoughts and really just taking the time to really deeply consider, like, because you had mentioned, it's not about just, oh, I'm going to be a Muslim. Oh, I'm going to be a Hindu. Oh, I'm going to be a Christian. It's like, what have you really taken the time to really deeply ponder the, the core things in your life and how to live those out? And I'd say that the majority of people don't. And I know I never did. I grew up in church and like probably until like probably 2013, when I went through a very difficult season of life, that's when I really started pondering deeply and researching out different answers and, and truth and and understanding it on a deeper level. And, um, I would say that that's, that's been a, a very interesting thing. Cause I feel like most people in California, when I'm very open about like, you know, I'll talk to them about scripture or whatever, like just in my own life. And most people are opening are open to listening to it. Um, and I think that they're just kind of surprised that I really, really believe it. <laughs> like, um, so, but I think it's just being open to questions and just sitting there with their questions and not feeling like we have to answer because sometimes people just need to ask the question and just know that someone cares to listen. But that's just my little two cents there. Sorry.
0: <laughs> what makes us Christians is the belief that the sinless Son of God came back as a man through a virgin to pay a sin debt that Adam created in the fall, Adam and Eve, when we fell. That put everybody out of fellowship with God forever. And Jesus came and corrected that. He's the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but my me. I didn't say it. Nobody in the panel said it. Jesus said it. He went on that cross to die for the sins of mankind, whoever would believe in him. Okay? If you can get to heaven some way other than Jesus Christ, he wasted his time. And if he isn't the only way after he said he's the only way, he lied, which meant he said he can't even pay for his own sins, much less ours. So the bottom line is to be a Christian means to give the great news, the beautiful news that Jesus and Jesus alone saves and that he did this for us. And it's a free gift. It's a free gift. And that's what we're here to do. That's what that Great Commission is about, to tell people about him. Now, you don't have to do that, but that's what a Christian is supposed to do. And we're supposed to be connect, compassionate. We're supposed to love our fellow man. But we've got to tell them, hey, you know, you're separated from Christ right now. And there's when you leave this earth, there are only two places. You're going to spend it: eternity. This is not a period. This is a comma. You're either going to spend it in eternity with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and believers, or you're going to spend it in the pit, in hell. And we've got to tell people this. This is what we're here for. That's the message. See, and that's why the politics became so important, because about 20, 30 years ago, this gospel message kind of got pushed in the background because you started to have these seeker-friendly churches that were more interested in having a bunch of people in the church than teaching the hard lesson that Jesus saves. And what ended up happening is when they took prayer out of school, we didn't fight back. When they brought in abortion, we didn't fight back. When they brought in same-sex marriage, we didn't fight back. When they brought in evolution, we didn't fight back. And now they're bringing in communism and now we wanna fight back, okay? Because now we realize we're about to lose the Church of Christ and you're gonna end up going underground if something doesn't change. And I believe if we repent as people, as Christians, and ask God to help us, he will save us and save our land. But we've got to get back to who we really are and doing the business of our Lord and Savior, and He's all about salvation. Everything else comes second.
1: See, Gary was reading the Old Testament before he came on. I heard you. You were about to say, "If my people who are called by My name will humble themselves, and and pray, then I will hear their cries and I will hear their land." Uh, I hear you, Gary. Um, I, Brad, I'm going like way back. You said something, man. I struggle with the same thing. Like obviously um, I don't have it. I don't have it with me now, but six days a week, I don't wear it on Sunday. I'm like Gary. I'm a black servitive and I walk around town with a MAGA hat on, sometimes an offensive <laughs> shirt because it offends people to say your opinion or to say like, Hey, I own an AR 15 or I think abortion is murder or something. But I think to fuse Gary's comments and Brad's comments in question, I think it comes back to the unique giftings and the unique calling and the unique, the uniqueness of how the spirit has been placed on the individual is how that manifests. Because, you know, I love to evangelize, you know, I I took evangelism when I was at Liberty, Um, high percentage move at the urinal, I'm this guy, there are people, if one of them's listening, that's awesome. There are people out there in the world who have gone to the restroom next to me. And as soon as you hear the stream go, you got them for 60, 90 seconds, depending on you know hydration and whatnot. Hey man, what do you think <laughs> happens to us? What do you think happens when we die? And just sit there in the silence and let them work it out. We're working out our salvation and I'm trying to get them on board. But I can tell you guys with all certainty being, uh, I like to call myself a young black man, being a young black man walking around in the bluest of blue America with the mug hat on, some people it's just disgust immediately. Whatever, I get it. But that that polarizing point of view out in the world leads to more conversations about the problem of evil, about, <laughs> um, about God being just and righteous, about Jesus being uh, the the propitiation for our sins about all of those things. I get to more of those conversations because of that stupid hat. So sometimes I wear the hat when I don't even feel like wearing the hat because I get to have these conversations and I'm telling you guys, eight out of 10 of them, eight out of 10 of them lead to the, the truth of the Bible.
2: Right. And that's what I look at. Gary mentioned it earlier, just it was before, I think we even started this call formally is he's a Christian first, right. then we're an American, and, and then it just kind of goes from there. And so then that way, that that's your, or I guess it's this way. So that way it shows this is why, this is my foundation for all these other beliefs. They come out of this foundation. And exactly right, Joe. Like, it's interesting how those little touch points lead to those conversations and people, especially at least the people that I've been around, They're I think they're kind of shocked <laughs> that someone's actually really believing the Bible and like really truthfully, like like, wanting to study it and inviting them to church or whatever. They're at least in the area I'm in, it seems like they're people can live a very comfortable life and never consider their faith. And I think they're kind of shocked sometimes that people do consider their faith.
1: just got to ask them. Go for it, Gary.
0: Yeah. uh, I, I am a Christian conservative. The, the Gary Benford that a lot of people knew that was a sports writer and in music management and you know was uh, a big party, big party guy for a lot of years. That guy was dead and buried in 1997. Uh, I, I don't I don't consider myself black because I'm not black anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm born again and that's my race and, that, and that's what people need to understand. If you belong to Jesus, He's he's taken you out of black and white, out of male and female, out of rich or poor. They're, they're, you know, in other words, none of that. We're all one in Christ, and and it's a race. The people that are going to go to heaven are all born again people. That's your race, and that's how I see myself. And Joe, you've heard my show. I I, I do a political show, but I'm coming completely, completely from a biblical Christian point of view because. That's the way I think. So uh, the black guy is dead and buried, never to come up again, because if he does, that's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. my black Benford returns. But I'm just saying, <laughs> relatively speaking, my point. And the reason if you don't do that, and this is why Jesus said, remember he said, if you love mother or father or sister or brother more than me, you're not worthy of me. Because what he understood is, if you allow your race, your gender, or your class to define you as a believer, you are gonna make decisions based on family members or financial decisions or or your sex decisions. You will make decisions that will go against where God would wanna take you. See, because that's what happened. I lost my whole family basically except one or two people. They're gone. They're gone because they, they just, you know, they like the old Gary Benford. I, I don't have any of my old friends. They're all gone. I have new ones. You know, God brought other people into my life. So uh, it's very important to stay true to who we are in Christ. And and Brad, as you said, it's not easy because the world pushes back. Satan is taking everything in the opposite direction and trying to just break us down. He may not be able to cost us our salvation, but he can cost us our witness or make us look bad. Or have people want to turn their back on us because they see us as hypocrites.
1: So, Brad, Mm. I threw you in the fire when you first came in. I'm going to throw you in the fire again, brother. Uh, We got a Uh a crowd question here from, it looks like Kofi, um, asks, how involved do you guys think the church should be in politics? And it's
4: it's it's a hot question. It's a hot topic. It really is a hot question. Yeah. I, I'll give a brief answer on that. Cause I, I, I think, you know, Gary or, or, Anne or one of you guys might have a, might have a better insight to this than me, but I, I agree with what you said earlier, um, um, Joe, that I think that, that there are certain people with certain giftings and I have met people that I have no doubt whatsoever are, are called into the public arena, man. they, 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 uh, that's a place that they believe they can really affect. They can change lives. They can help people. They can, and they do it from, from a Christlike uh, perspective, uh, and basis. And I, and I've always appreciated that. Um, and I think there are other people that are gifted to more, um, uh, I don't know. I think of people like mother Teresa or other people that, man, they just, you know, they, they want to meet needs one-on-one, uh, you know, they're going to do better, um, with their neighbor next door, then they're going to be, you know, organizing a community event that they hope offers opportunity to share Christ or something like that, or evangelistic event or whatever. And sometimes I think, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. I I think there's just people that are called and gifted in different ways. But I I think Christians uh, have a responsibility um, to vote uh, their scriptural contents. And it's one of the biggest things I struggle with because Um, you know, I, I I didn't always live in Oklahoma. I was born and raised here, but I lived in Washington state for 20 years, probably. And I used to love it because I used to tell people, man, this place is so unchurched. I, I, you know, there's so much opportunity here to share the gospel. And you know what I'm talking about being in California now, Um, there was a day when Southern California would, would have been like Oklahoma, but those days are, you know, 25, 30 years gone. And, uh, um, and, and so I used to, to, you know, to, to love that. But, um, but now uh, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, I don't know how anybody, I'll just confess this and I'm sorry, but I have a lot of friends that, that are Democrats. I have friends. I mean, I have Christians, friends that I know love the Lord, that I know care deeply about the things of God. They minister to people, they serve people. Some of them I feel are closer to Christ than me and they voted for Biden. Uh, for reasons that I cannot understand, I don't know how anybody can read the Democratic platform, and 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 as a Christian align themselves with that without that violating their conscience. I can't get my head around it. Help me, because <laughs> right, Brad, I, you're right. You know, so so yes,
0: you're right, Brad. You can't get your head around it because Jesus said you, you'll be no, you'll know them by their fruit. You know, everything is political, everything, because, see, God has an opinion on everything. So everything is political. It doesn't mean we need to all be in politics. But what it does mean is God has an opinion on each decision. That Where does God stand on abortion? Well, let's think back. Hmm. Uh, Herod tried to do what? Herod tried to whack the baby Jesus and killed all the unborn and kids one and a half under to try and stop him uh, Pharaoh tried to whack the baby Moses. Uh, I don't think uh, you know, uh, Babylon, they ended up in Babylon but because the women started popping out their babies, the so called Israelite women popping out their babies and throwing them to the God Moloch. And God said, Enough. So we know where God stands. And so where does God stand on same sex marriage and homosexual issues? Well, if you go to Romans 1 18 to 32, you know, it's a total abomination. I mean, there's everything if you look at all the issues you don't have to talk about necessarily voting for a particular person, but God has it. How does God feel about socialism? How does God feel about something that takes him out and puts the state in as God? How does God feel, you know, about everything that he's got an issue? He's got an opinion on everything. And this has to be brought up. Otherwise you get exactly what you were talking about, Brad. We end up with a whole bunch of people that don't know what to do. Because as you started out, or somebody started out this conversation, I think it was you, Brad, that said you're surprised about the literacy of your church, how much they know or don't know. If they don't know, it's contingent upon us to tell them. Then maybe you'll get them to vote, right? Because if you leave them to their conscience and they don't know the word, see, the Bible says the truth will set you free, but it's the truth you know that'll set you free. If you don't know the truth, it can't help you at all. So this is why, again, we have to be salt
2: and light. I think it's interesting to bring politics in because politics have existed for thousands of years beyond the United States even existing, but the ability to have a vote to the level that we have it in our country present day, I think is opening up a different type of conversation than probably didn't exist before because at one point I couldn't vote. At one point, other people on this call couldn't vote. So you know it's interesting to see how over time it's opened up more and more conversations. But exactly, uh, Gary is just that you can always point back to your foundation and find a solution for each of those those uh, things. And I think it's interesting whenever you start to go down the rabbit path and you let people, you ask those questions of people as they start to try to consider an alternate point of view it's interesting how they can kind of see it from your perspective, but it's almost like they're too scared to admit that they can see it from your perspective. Um, but anyway, it's just, has it been interesting just as a quick segue of talking about the, the current state we're in.
4: Dennis, I want to hear from Dennis on this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Um, man, I got, um, I, I honestly, I honestly think uh, that politics and religion should not be mixing. That's my honest opinion. And if you want unity, you can't judge people. That's 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 my that's my thought process. And and Brad, and you said like how in the right mind can somebody you know vote Democrat? I asked the same question, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to realize uh, uh, a human being is very quickly manipulated. No, I, no matter how good of a person you are, you could be manipulated very well. And this is how the devil, devil's job is. This is how the devil works. Um, I'll give you a good example. A friend of mine, uh, the, my, my co host at, at Immigrants Corner, he grew up a Muslim, he became an atheist. He got married, he had kids. Now he believes in Jesus. He doesn't say he's saved. I don't ask him if he's saved. Him and I, we've known each other for uh, uh, for 13 years now. We've, we've been friends. We've broken bread together. I don't push him to anything. And we've been side by side. We, we work together. We, we Now we do our show together. But it's all him. Nobody pushed him. Nobody forced him. It was all himself of how he realized things cha- as things changed in his life. As he started having kids, as his, uh, he saw how his kids are growing up, his wife's family, whatever his surrounding was, he changed that surrounding made him the way he is now. And I think when, when you bring politics into religion, you're creating a division even even more because you're the people who are in your church. They don't have to politically agree with you if they are the believer. Politically, nobody has to agree with you. You are there to give them the message of Jesus. That's it. You are there to guide them to the right path. You are there to guide them to heaven. And at the end, it becomes the individual's decision of how they're going to perceive that message that you're giving to them. So uh, for me, that's that's where I see people leaving churches and leaving mosques and, and leaving uh, all these institutions, because they feel like now something else is changing in front of them that they don't agree with. And now they see that how—you see how politics divides people, because— Politics is a dirty business. It's, it's not a clean slate for anybody. It is not a pure purest thing on earth. It is the dirtiest thing ever since the Greeks they started the democracy, it was dirty then and it is dirty now. It's even gotten dirtier. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. You don't want that in the church as you are preaching you know love, compassion and all that stuff. I, I, bel- I personally believe, I think, just how we have separation of church and state, we should have separation of politics and church. Well, well, Demis, D- 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 let's,
0: we got to run, I got to run thing, one thing back about constitutionally, the separation of church and state has nothing to do with the separation of church and God. What Thomas Jefferson was talking about was that no state can have a state religion. In other words, Maryland can't say you have to be a Baptist. Virginia can't say you have to be a Methodist and somebody else has to say you can't be a Catholic. It had nothing to do with church and God, that the whole Constitution is under the auspice of God to take us and keep us free. And you're right, politics does divide. It's supposed to divide, but guess what? Guess what divides more than politics? Jesus Christ. He said, I came to bring a sword. Everybody that's on my father's side against everybody else. And the problem is... If we don't mix religion and politics, and it's really not about religion because religion is man-made. It's about Jesus Christ. That's what happened, why Hitler took over. Hitler took over because the church and all the other factions just decided to stick their head in the sand until it was too late. Notice what we've done. We've stuck our head in the sand for 30 years and given the Democrats everything they wanted.
3: Look, we're on the verge of communism. Because and we allowed, did. we allowed them, We're going to we be gone. It. That's the thing. That's the thing. Look, my my thing is I don't I don't care. The, my, my only thing was that whoever the whoever the preacher is should not put in the message. If you're a Democrat, you're not a Christian. That's that's what I'm saying. How can if you you're a Republican? You're not a Christian. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, if you want to unite both sides on the politic spectrum, you speak to the both. You speak to both sides because if you even though if you feel like one side is always wrong or mostly wrong <laughs> you don't create a unity you create more division that i mean i get I where am. you're coming from i understand completely where you're coming from but i mean i, I you have i'm looking at it from my perspective is where i grew up as a christian in a muslim country and mm-hmm. the, the, the people of iran with the christians we were united, we were not separated. Now we, we would see one or two people who are you know you know anti-Christian or whatnot. It was mostly the regime that was creating division. But as human beings, our neighbors, we we're all friends. I had plenty of Muslim friends and Muslim, Muslim kids who we hung out with, excluding the kids in church that we, we were friends with. So when I when I say as a as a human being. We should not create a division between the parties, and we should unite it because once you have that unity, then you can actually have a pure discussion. Versus, you know, trying to, you know, pin one another, get, pin one another against one another, trying to. It's like, I'm oh, you are run, 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 run. So, well, are I, I, I talk a lot, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, Dennis. You can't. You can't.
0: You can't unite darkness and light. See, and the problem is. There are two covenants in the garden that God made at the beginning of time. With Adam and Eve, after Cain killed Abel, the sanctity of life, you can't take it. And then when he married the woman, named her Eve, to Adam, the two shall become one flesh. Jesus even said the same thing. The two things that Satan goes after are the two covenants, the only two covenants God made with mankind, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage. How can can there ever be unity with the body of Christ when the Democrats want to kill all the babies and have this perverted, the perverted sexuality, there's no way to unite. God, I don't think God wants to unite. God wants I, division. And, and I he understand wants division that. rightfully to
3: divide a truth against non-truth. So that becomes a question God. for them. That becomes a question for them. How you don't attack them? You just how did can... you attack them? No, no, no. Well, they take it as an attack. You gotta realize if, if it doesn't you matter attack, how they take them. We just no, gotta figure it out. That's them. that's not, the I,
1: problem. I, if I, you I, stand, I, I stand, stand on the, stand the truth, it. they're gonna see it as flagrantly they offensive. As an
0: and what did they, they do to Jesus? Um, Joe, what did they attack Jesus for the, for the he gave the truth and the Pharisees stuck him on
3: a cross? That's the price we pay, but we're supposed to give the truth, right? I I I mean I could agree and disagree with you, Gay, but you know what? I would love to have <laughs> another chat with you because you and I could have, you and I can go for hours <laughs> any, any, Anytime. time. <laughs> I'm glad to talk to
0: anybody that wants to, you know, because these are tough issues. I understand, but the, the only reason I'm saying what I'm saying, to Dimitri, I'm not, D- Demons, I'm not trying to get on you. I'm I'm just no. trying to send a message that the reason we're losing, he, he, Joe started out about the church. The reason the, quote, body of Christ is becoming weakened and weakened and weakened is because the forces of Satan is has been pushing on all levels the educational system that's Marxist, the churches that are becoming Marxist, the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of marriage, the breakdown with abortion and, and these same-sex issues, they're all aimed by Satan against the body of Christ. We're getting hit from every direction, so I understand it's tough. But through the the armor of Christ and in Ephesians 6 and through the blood covered by the blood of Christ, we can survive and continue to be salt and light and be truth no matter if everybody else stands on the other side. That's the way I see it.
3: Yeah, and I don't disagree with you, Gary. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I, 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 I hold the same views. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying the tactic of trying to get to the other side has to be a little bit different than, than how it's been done in the past 15-20 years, because in the fast in the past 15-20 years we've been losing it versus trying to gain. But, see what happened is
0: we lost it 50 years ago when we stayed silent and gave them what they wanted
3: and they just took it. Now they're taking everything. I'm just saying because I'm only 41, so I haven't lived long enough to be able to go <laughs> <laughs> back like that far. It's you know, our Gary, fault. Like I'm giving you my experience <laughs> as an immigrant who lived, who lived in a different country and came here. So... So I I I've seen what one side looks like. I've also seen what the other side looks like. I lived in California for 15 years. I, I lived in that area and I know how it transitioned from what it used to be and to what it is now. And now I live I now live in Virginia and Virginia is transitioning to what California used to be, which yeah. is unfortunate. So I've I'm seeing the transition. And I and I and 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 that's the problem. It's it's what's happening is a lot of people are being discouraged to be attending any type of mass or church because of what's what's what the priests are preaching to them you know what i mean because we as people evolve church also needs to evolve people are devolving not evolving and by the way when you look
0: at me understand something as somebody as joe says as a black man that was for 47 first 47 years of my life i was a democrat i've been on both sides of the fence so i know where all the skeletons are buried on the other side i was one of them <laughs> see right. I, I would have been arguing with you guys back in 1996 i would have been what are you guys talking about you know you see so but i'm born again uh, the lord the spirit of the lord is in me and now i stick up for you know god's truth and and it's the truth of God that will save us and set people free. If we and, give them the and, truth in love, then it's up to them whether they want to accept it or not. But you've got to understand, a lot of people just aren't going to accept this because they really don't want what God
3: is offering. And that's sad. And,
0: that's why our country is in the position it's in. And,
3: and i give you one last point. Um, a lot of Iranians who, who convert to Christianity— uh, and and that goes for a lot of people who actually convert from one religion to another, or they say they've they've been found, or you know they've been saved. They they actually become a little bit more extreme believer than you know people who grew up with the religion. So that that that's a that's a concept that I've continuously seen, and I and I and I see it all the time. People who convert from one religion or no religion. To any religion, they become a little bit more extreme and and hardcore believer, I would say, versus you know somebody that grew up with religion or they were born into it. I mean, that's just my view of it. It's well, awesome. if the, yeah. Well, if the Lord gets his hands
0: on you, we we're we're called to be radical for Christ. Right. See? And, and, that, and notice, look how radical it was. At at, the, at at the crucifixion, you had you had the Apostle John with Mar- with the Marys, and all the disciples were hiding. Judas had hung himself, so you had ten hiding somewhere. They 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 just thought it was over. Even though Jesus had told them at the Last Supper, he had told them, "Hey, they're gonna they're gonna take me, they're gonna beat me, flog me, and kill me. I'll see you in three days." They didn't get it. But notice what happened after they saw him, and then after Pentecost and when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out, and everybody except John, who who ended up, uh, they they tried to boil him oil. That didn't work. He ended up writing his books. But everybody else got martyred because they refused to not say they had, had seen the risen Lord. That's the power that the Holy Spirit will give you, you know, when you truly belong to God. And, and, you know, it's, it's, so a lot of people in a lot of countries, other countries, I, I get it. Like in China and Indonesia and a lot of these places, Iran, if you really come to Christ, you have to pay a price unless, you know, that Holy Spirit really gets in you. And you'll, you, a lot of those people are going to be radical for Christ because that's the only way they're going to get through it. Because the whole country is against them. See, we've had a country here for <clears throat> Christ, and now they're trying to give it away. We can't. We can't let that happen. All
3: right.
1: So, two things. One, obviously, we're going overtime here, but I think this is a good conversation, so we're going to pull the thread a little bit more. Um, I I agree with Gary on this one, Dennis, because That's the, <laughs> the issue is. The issue is the 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 palm line is the truth and and Gary's pulling at, at different scenes in the Bible. And for me it goes back to Daniel. Everyone knows Daniel chapter five. Daniel lines down. There's a lot of other cool stuff in Daniel. They had a bunch of different oppressors, Darius, Nero, Nebuchadnezzar, but Nebuchadnezzar's whole deal, you know, uh, when you hear this music, inventor of the theme song, by the way, as early as I can see it, I think the theme song comes from Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter three. When you hear this theme song and you hear the music of all, all kinds of music, then you fall down and worship this golden statue. An ocean of people bow down and do this, except for three dudes. And... You know, they knew the punishment for this. They were like, man, we are definitely going to get put to death. It's not going to be super swift, but everyone's going to be all salty. They're going to go. They're going to tell the king and blah, 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 blah. We are going to pay for this with our lives. Uh, But they did it anyway. And we're in that same moment, real integrity, doing the right thing when all eyes are on you and it is wildly unpopular. And sometimes the right thing is saying, you know, I say to gay people, the rainbow is not yours. It's God's. That's what it says in my Bible. That's what it says in Genesis chapter nine. And the the point of friction is the truth. And, you know, I didn't come, I got saved, you know, I went to Liberty as a baby Christian. And like Brad said, unfortunately, we have a lot of baby Christians in our congregations in that they don't have a depth of knowledge of the word. It's only one book. You just have to read one book. It's not that difficult. Uh, But the thing is, you know i i got to liberty and i got tyrannical about reading the word that's like the one thing that you should be you know fixated on but what it causes in my life is not always but if something needs to be said needs to be said by me and needs to be said right now then i'm going to say the thing that's true uh and i i don't see that there's a situation mm-hmm. where <laughs> that's not offensive to someone. Um, like at the urinal, what do you think happens when we die? And I let them work through that problem. If they ask me, I say, well, if you believe in Jesus, then if you believe in the truth of the gospel, that everything that Gary said, that Jesus came of a virgin, died for our sins, and was born, and was raised from the grave in three days, and now the Holy Spirit lives in us. If you believe all that, then you go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. And I lose a lot of friends. I make friends and lose them at the same time at the urinal. Um, but I think, I, I think if you're if you're solid on the truth, the question of should it be political or not, all of that other stuff is irrelevant. If we're living in accordance with what is true, it answers all of our questions about politics, about economics, because Jesus was not a socialist. That's fake news. If anyone thinks that. My my number's down there somewhere. I think it's 202-590-0990. Uh, he wasn't. We can talk about it. Uh, God wasn't a socialist either, and the Holy Spirit's not a socialist. Anyway, so all that stuff is fake news, and I, I do think it's incumbent upon those who sought the truth and received the truth to speak it, um, even if it makes us uncomfortable. And that's all I got on that.
2: And you have to know the truth to be able to speak the truth. And that's a great point of just studying the word because I know I even, like I said earlier, like born and raised in the church, born and raised in the middle of the U.S., you're culturally surrounded by it. So you just kind of assume a lot of things. But then you get engaged with people that have a very opposing view and you want to speak truth to them, but then you go, well, I don't know, because it kind of goes back to that thought. If you don't know the truth then you're not going to have your position to be able to come from. And so I've, I've loved Gary just, that's, I need to, it's encouraging and challenging for me to go back and study the word to get to that point where I can just speak it straight out as it's written in the Bible. And, um, but I, I remember in this quick last note of, I remember Billy Graham actually talked about the offense of the cross and how it truth and the scriptures, they will always be offensive to somebody. And, but at the same time, it's the, the Holy Spirit will woo and draw people unto himself and open up their eyes. I mean, Gary, you mentioned it before your life. I mean, all of us, all of us have had seasons of our lives where we can look back and think, Oh my Lord, what, in the world? Where are we thinking? And how God just over time, you can see his hand just weaving his, your story into what it is. So then that way your story can be shared with others. And so you can continually speak the truth with them.
0: You know, that's so true. And, you know, because we all were sinners, were saved by grace to Christ. And that gives us a testimony because somebody will say, well, you know somebody that may have a drug problem or a problem. With, well, you don't know what it's like. I say, yeah, I probably snorted more cocaine than you ever did. You know, yeah, or what? It doesn't matter what it was. You, God has brought us through, cleaned us up, not because we deserved it, but because He's a God of love, grace, and mercy. You accept His Son, you get His mercy and His grace. Okay, so we we are still imperfect people. But we have a testimony that we can give. Now, the one thing that that spurs me on, the one thing that spurs me on is to remember who you work for. I used to manage recording artist Dwayne Kerr, the funky flute man. And I worked for him. I was his manager. But I understood that I represent him, that anything I do or say is going to come back on him. I wrote for a couple of New York newspapers, New York Daily News and Newsday. I understood my conduct and what I wrote was reflective of the newspaper I worked for. I belong to Christ. I don't speak me. I speak him. So it's very important to me that I represent him the right way because, see, he told the truth, and if it divided, it divided. Do you remember the rich young ruler? Master, what do I have to do to get salvation? sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. If he had said yes, Jesus probably would have said, okay, you don't have to do it, okay? But he tested them, and he failed to test. Jesus said, no, no, wait, 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 come back. Just sell half of it. He didn't do that. He let him go. See, we, we have to understand who we represent, and we represent somebody that gave the truth, gave it in love, and then let the chips fall as they may, and they're going to be two types of people. They're going to be people that move towards the light, and will move into wanting to hear more and more and more and more until they give their life to Christ and get saved, and then the other people are going to get sifted. They're going to get sifted to the fact that they're going to prove to God that they don't belong in the kingdom. And you say, why do we have to do that? So when they stand at the white throne judgment, they'll never be able to say, well, you never gave me a chance on earth. He said, yes, I did. I sent sent Joe to talk to you. I sent Ann to talk to you. I sent Dean to talk to you. I sent Brad to talk to you. I sent Gary to talk to you. You're you're without you're you're accountable. You're without excuse, and that's why. My
1: my creation is is a testament of my glory and splendor. That's that's the answer to that person in the forest. You know the the rocks are crying out and praising Jesus. And now that we've canceled Aristotle and Socrates and all of them, but if you if you are a reasoning person, creation is evidence of a creator. I know. I'm sorry that I've offended someone, uh, but a Coke can is evidence of a company that created this aluminum can and filled it with this this uh, you know sweet nectar that some of y'all drink. Uh, but go ahead, Gary. I cut you off.
0: No, no, I that was done that that was it. You know that that see if you work like if you work for the Hoover vac, uh, vacuum cleaner company, you you know you work for Hoover, you know, uh, or or you work for Eureka or something. You know, I remember a guy, you know, that went out in the country, he worked for Hoover and he went out in the country uh, in some woman's house and he just walked in there, knocked on the door. He said, I got the greatest vacuum that you ever saw and I'll give you a year's salary if it doesn't pick up all the dirt off your rug. And he took this big thing of dirt and poured the dirt on uh, in the middle of a rug and she's just looking at him aghast, gas and he rubs the dirt in. And he says, now I'm going to prove to you that this Hoover vacuum cleaner can pick all that dirt up. And he said, where's your outlet? And she said, I don't have any electricity. So so, anyway, but the point point I'm trying to make, see, we represent somebody. We don't represent Hoover. We don't represent the New York Knicks or the Los Angeles Lakers. We represent Jesus Christ. And as a representative of him, it's continued upon us to learn his word, learn how to deal with our fellow men and be salt and light and lovingly, caringly, like he did, that the Holy Spirit will train you to do. And boy, it's rough because you know we, we have our flesh, we'll be up and down and in and out. But the point of the matter is, since we represent him, it's his agenda. He sets the agenda. And if people don't like it, it's not on us, everybody. That's between them and God. And as everybody has said on this panel, I think Brad said it, It's you give them the truth, and the Holy Spirit is between them and God about whether they're going to accept it or not. But our job is to plant, not to water and grow.
1: Yeah, boom. Well, we are, we're 23 minutes over, so shameless plug. And then Brad, I'm going to, instead of a book recommendation, Gary, you're getting off the hook. We always ask for books. Uh, But Brad, I'm going to ask you to to pray us out after this shameless plug um so this is probably my least offensive shirt guys so oh if it comes up where is it here it is there we go add to stream and hey, joe i didn't was to, right
0: it's good, to assume, it's good to joe it offend if you're offending with truth. defend <laughs> them <laughs> how come they can offend us with everything how they how come they can offend us with their moral lifestyles their moral movies their bad language you know, trying to take God, family, country, and constitution out of this nation? How can they can, they can offend us with everything and we can't offend them with a t-shirt?
1: I, I'm doing it every day. I'm doing it right now. Amen. So guys, I you, agree can, with Gary. you can <laughs> take it however you want. You can take a truth and love or maybe a little salty offensiveness, uh, but I'll take it regardless because you buy my shirts and I get, you know, profit from that. Uh, so people ask me, where did you get the shirt? Guys, I made the shirt. I designed it. I designed all the shirts on my website. There's the website right there. The links are below. Uh, they're really affordable shirts, especially if you feel one, like I did not know about the differences in t-shirts. Now I felt, uh, the guilt, I felt the Gildan I felt the next level, uh, Bella and Canvas BNC 3000 series shirts are the soft ones. The ones that you feel it, you're like, Oh my gosh, That's these shirts, and they're at thejoemoblishow.com slash shop. The links are down below. Uh, If you go on the page, give it a few seconds, and a pop-up will come, and we'll trade an email for a discount code. But, yeah, see, Ann Ann says they're the softest. I I didn't know anything about Bella and Canvas. Shout out to them, like crazy soft shirts. (laughs) Um, Guys, thanks for sticking on. Uh, Audience members, you guys are blowing up the chat. It's been really fun. Casey, thanks as always for being in there and and helping out with the comments. Um, I really enjoyed you guys. We'll have to do this again. There are at least a few comments for us to do this again in the chat. Um, And yeah, an, an hour just goes by. So thanks for hanging on. Brad, will you pray us out and we will... We will wrap it up.
4: Yeah. Yeah, be honored. Thank you, Lord. God, it is always a, a privilege just to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, Lord, and, and just fellowship and share and talk. And uh, Lord, let the iron sharpen the iron, Lord. And and God, I want to thank you so much just for this time uh, together. Uh, Lord, I pray that, that uh, everything shared and everything talked about tonight, that Lord, you would steer it to the right ears and that uh, God, a uh, right person would, would click on that podcast and, and just listen God and be uh, drawn to you. Uh, Lord Jesus. We just magnify you tonight, Lord. Of, of, of anything we do, of everything we do tonight, uh, we just want more than anything to exalt um, you, Lord Jesus, and thank you for how you have individually uh, saved and changed us. And, uh, and giving us new life. Lord, we love you tonight. Pray you go with everyone on this panel, everyone listening tonight, Lord. And, uh, and just bless in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We don't
1: have to do an altar call. <laughs> Gary did one in the middle of the podcast. Guys, thanks so much for joining, and we'll have to do this again soon. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to djoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.